if you're eating too low, and most women are, most women are not eating enough and they're not getting enough protein. You know, you start doing too much cardio compounded with a low calorie diet, you're going to run the muscle right off of you. It's kind of like when you see a marathon runner and I'm not hating on marathon runners. If that's the look you want to go for, go for it. Right. Um, but they're long, lean and stringy. So when you overwork the muscle, it's kind of like describing overtraining too. When you overwork the muscle, it gets smaller and uh, stringy versus more shape to your body. Um, so yeah, be careful if you're doing too much cardio and plus our body adapts to what we're doing. I'll know that. Um, if you go too low on calories, you're going to have to go lower and lower and lower to see results. Who wants to right. do that? Welcome to Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt, the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Are you ready to cut the crap with your diet and exercise, get strong as fuck, and build a healthy relationship with food? Then you've come to the right place. Let's Let's go. If you'd like to support us in the podcast, join our Patreon where you get exclusive content, which consists of monthly workouts you can do at home or at the gym, monthly challenges that are either strength, habit, or mindset-based, and access to over 100-plus low-calorie, high-protein, family-friendly meals. These are all designed by a professional chef who is certified in nutrition. These recipes are already in my fitness pal for easy fucking tracking. New recipes are also added each week. We believe that fitness is for everyone. So this is our way of getting you started on your health and fitness journey at a price most everyone can afford. So what the fuck are you waiting for? We'll see you in the Patreon. Claire. How are you? Hi, Claire. What's happening? Hi. Good to see you guys. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely good to see you. I feel like uh, we we've been trying to get this conversation going with you know with the three of us for probably since the beginning of a of our podcast, like a year now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? For real. Um, congratulations on all your success, by the way, on the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. You as well. Yeah. You as well. Yeah. Congratulations on the new book. Right. That's pretty fucking cool. I know. Thank you. It's been exciting. It has. It's been fun. So I appreciate yeah. you guys letting me come on. Yes. Um, so how long did it take you to write this book? When did you start? Six months. I had help. The dietitian Andy, that's on our group page, mm-hmm. I hired her to just kind of go through things to make sure that it was completely factual. We pretty much agreed on, on a lot of things. It was just a few technical words, you know, using healthy instead of bad and things like that, mm-hmm. um, that we kind of went round and round on. But um, she was great. So um, she went through it all. I hired uh, my hormone specialist to do the hormone chapter with me. And also I had some help writing it. Um, the girl that does all my marketing helped me write it. So literally every day I was reading, reading, and we were going back and forth, getting it. You know, she's the one that did all the typing. And then we just went back and forth. So I had technically a ghostwriter, but really we did it together. Mm-hmm. Sure. It takes a tribe. It takes yeah. a tribe. Oh my God. Yeah. Freaking village, right? <laughs> it really did. And to be honest, I didn't want, you know, I wanted to make sure that everything was cited, that everything in there was as factual as I could make it because sure. just in case I don't want people coming after me, you know, you know mm-hmm. how that is. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we definitely, <laughs> we definitely appreciate some good evidence-based information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those listening, Claire just wrote a book called From Fluffy to Fit. Yeah. Fluffy to Fit. So Claire, do you want to maybe tell our audience like who you are, what got you into um, fitness and the beginnings of, of Claire? Absolutely. <laughs> so obviously my name is Claire Morrow. Um, I'm an IFBB bikini pro athlete. I am also a wellness and fitness coach. Wellness basically meaning um, I specialize in women over 40 for um, online coaching and things like that. And I've studied a lot on hormones and things of that nature. So that's basically what that means. 
started getting fit with my husband at age 42. Now I was my fluffiest at age 48. If you check out the book, you'll see my before and after photo. And that was my fluffiest. And I was drawing for the computer brown on the beach in that picture. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I got home, I was like in tears. I'm like, okay, I got to do something. This is just not good, not healthy. And and then soon after we got the news that my um, mom got diagnosed with stage four cancer and my husband's brother died of a heart attack within a month of each other. Mm. And that's what kind of prompted it. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? I'm done. Let's do something. Let's get healthy. You know, so we did all the things that you do. We hired a trainer, went to the gym, you know, and uh, did made some mistakes, honestly, because we didn't realize how much at the time of it was diet. Because literally we were going to the gym, getting a good workout and go, oh, let's go eat like assholes now. Can I say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a good workout. So we went and we ate like idiots, you know, not realizing how much we were going backwards from doing that, you know? Um, so that's kind of what, it, what got us started. And then once we got into the gym a little bit more and met some new people, I saw some ladies working out, you know, doing their back pull downs. And I'm like, oh my God, her back is ripped. How does that happen? How do I get to look like that? And not thinking it was possible at age 42 at the time. Um, and I went up to that girl and she filled me in. She said, oh no, oh no, this could be done at any age. And that's become my motto. It can absolutely be done at any age. No matter what you are, what your situation is, if you're 100 pounds overweight or 20 pounds overweight, it doesn't matter. It can be done. Absolutely. So you started at 42 and then you kind of had that wake up moment at 48. But what what was it at 42 other than like that beach picture that kind of initiated that change for yourself? Mm Yeah, that beach picture was actually, I was 38 in that photo. But um, okay. when I started lifting, I was 42. So I'm sorry, let me clarify that. Okay. Um, and we got the news of my mom. Um, I think I was, it just turned 42 or 41 at that time. Uh, sorry, what was your original question? <laughs> sure. So what, was there was there anything in particular that made you want to, you know, make that change in your life? Or, you know, were you just kind of tired of where you were at? Just sick and tired of seeing sick and tired. My clothes weren't fitting. I felt like a bag of ass. Um, <laughs> no energy, low libido. And that was another thing. Um, and I tell people this all the time. There was three things that I was doing wrong in my before photo that I wasn't realizing fully at the time. Uh, number one, it was my diet. Of course, it's 80% diet. You cannot run your fork. Um, I was literally starving myself during the week and binge eating on the weekends because I was under eating. Um, so that was a huge thing. Number two was alcohol. And Beth, as you well know, you've been there yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was drinking two to three times per week, not realizing how much alcohol sets you back because from what all the research I've seen, it, it pretty much stops fat loss for 24 to 36 hours, depending on how much you drink, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they've just come out with some new studies. I saw a doctor the other day talk about that it causes cancer. That makes so much sense to me, girl, because literally my mom, my dad, and all my aunts and uncles drank three plus times a week and all of them passed of cancer, all of them. So that makes complete sense to me. I've got a video coming on this too. I want to duet that guy anyway. And then the other thing that was going wrong with my body is hormone imbalance. And I talk about this a lot. You know, I probably wear it out too much, but my thyroid was malfunctioning. I was hypothyroid and I didn't know it. Um, I also had zero natural testosterone. A lot of women are like, wait, what testosterone? What are you talking about? So as women, and I'm talking about, you guys know this, but I'm talking to the audience here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We have yeah, natural testosterone in our systems, just like men do. So as we age, it declines and there goes your libido, there goes your muscle and there goes your energy. So I didn't know those things were happening to me until I got my hormones checked and uh, literally found out all these things were going wrong. So once I got all those puzzle pieces into place, that's when my journey really went from fluffy to fit. (laughs) From fluffy to fit. Love it. Love it. Right. Yeah. And it's, it takes you being your own advocate for yourself too. Like you did, like you 
you went and you got tested and things like that. So I think that's important for people to know that when you, you know, start saying it's my hormones and everything, but do you know, <laughs> yeah. right? it's, yeah. it's very important to look at that. Know for sure there, that way you can, you know, move forward accordingly. Yeah. Let, let me touch on that a little bit more. So yeah, I always tell people that hormones are like the wiring in your body that literally controls everything. Your thyroid controls your hair loss, your metabolism, all that good stuff. Your testosterone is your energy your um, libido and um, your muscle. Um, just for an example, you're, when your estrogen starts to drop too, too low in, in menopause, good times, I'm 51 now, literally your body starts storing belly fat because um, estrogen is produced in our fat cells. Therefore, when your estrogen drops, your body goes into a bit of a panic and starts storing fat where you didn't have it before. So that causes belly fat and um, you know, good times. So make sure you get your hormones checked. Now, whoever's listening, you don't want to go to a GP or an OBGYN for this. They do not specialize in hormones. It's kind of like when you have a knee problem, you go to an ortho for that. So you need a wellness or HRT doctor for this. I say this all the time, but I do have a good one that does telemedicine anywhere in the US. Two in Canada, one in Australia, finally, these poor Australian women, and uh, two in the UK. So I try to help as much as I can because it is, it is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you you mentioned there the storing belly fat, and I think that's important too because you you definitely see that as we start getting older, it's just you're storing fat in a different area now, right? Whereas before you were probably storing fat maybe in your back or your arms mm-hmm. or your legs or something. Now it's just going to the midsection. Yeah, and it's a lot of it is that that visceral fat, which is the dangerous kind of fat. You don't want that. Totally. Yeah. The other thing that happens to us that I've found with you know myself and obviously clients as well is our digestion slows down, our liver processing of food slows down as we age. So literally, you can't eat the same things you could when you were 20 and 30 years old and get away with it as much, right? As much, yeah. Women are going, oh my God, that's me. I can't, I can't do it. I just can't eat the same things I could and get the same results I could when I was 20. So knowing that, I always encourage people to stick to natural foods as much as possible. That doesn't mean to say moderation, of course. Um, and I don't want to encourage people, you know, look, if you want to have a drink every now and again, do it. Just know what you're getting into. That's what I always try to emphasize on that. But, but yeah, definitely try to stick to natural foods, high in protein, obviously, so you don't lose muscle. Mm-hmm. Totally. So when when you first started lifting, lifting weights, you said at 40, 41, 42? Um, 42. What was- 42. What was that like for you? Did you go on with a plan or did you just kind of go and and what I say is like fuck around itis? You just went on without a plan and just started hitting the machines. <laughs> fuck around. Killing yourself with cardio or did you fuck around and find out? Yeah, fuck around yeah. and find out. Did you fuck around and find out? Or <laughs> I did fuck around and find out. I think we all do, you know. I tried to do it at home a little bit, you know, and um I didn't know all the variables, you know. I didn't know about the protein. I didn't know, you know, I did I made all the mistakes. I was doing too much hit cardio and I ended up skinny fat and I hated it. Now I've got no butt. I've got no anything. What's going on here? I've got look like a straight board here. So I was frustrated with that. Um, I had a little loose skin under my arms and I'm like, okay, well, how do, what do we do with that? The only thing I could think to do is build muscle to fill it out, which is exactly what I did. Um, so at that point I hired a bodybuilding coach and I mean, I went in full force, like a Jack Russell Terrier. I grabbed a hold of it and wouldn't let go. And I just stuck with it day in and day out. And I love the structure. I love eating the way we do. I eat five times a day, small meals, healthy foods. Um, I stick to that as much as possible as I can. I still cheat every now and again and indulge every now and again, of course, but for the most part, I stay pretty, pretty natural foods um, because it's just, my body runs better. I feel better when I do my clothes fit, you know, I know like feeling like a bloated bag of shit. 
<laughs> but and I, there's an important component there. Like you feel better when you eat that way. Yeah. And I think that's what people need to understand is we need to eat in a way that makes us feel good. And there's right. not just one way of eating for that too. Sure. Of course. Like we want to fill up on primarily whole foods that are high fiber, high protein with lots of micronutrients. But like you mm-hmm. said, you can still have those, those, those pleasure foods, you know, those, those fun treats, I like to call them. And, and you, you know, if you want alcohol on occasion, like, yeah, you can absolutely do that. But it's the awareness piece to, to, especially with alcohol, like what it does to your body long-term, you know, because there's no such thing as really moderation for alcohol, right? Even just one unit of alcohol is poison. So exactly. It's not to say people like, don't ever fucking drink, you know, like it's just have a healthy relationship with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then it compounds with the slowing of the digestion and the liver processing. It's, it compounds with the alcohol, you know, and all of that. In my book, I've got a whole chapter on alcohol and fat loss, and it goes through it 100% and how to navigate that. And also, you brought up cheat meals a minute ago. A lot of people ask me this question. I'm sure you guys get it a lot. Claire, what about cheat days? Can I have a cheat day? I'm like, you right. can if you want to load a bag of ass. <laughs> uh-huh. If you want to go a little backwards, I mean, you know, you're going to be bloated more than anything. It's going to be mostly water weight, but it's going to frustrate you and in your, in your head. Yeah, that full day of unstructured eating, just kind of going balls to the wall. It's 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 a recipe for disaster because it really creates yeah. a poor relationship with food. That's like a, I mean, I don't, yeah, that's like a binge day to me. That's exactly crazy, you know, kind of a little disordered. Yes, disordered, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I was one that, you know, I really feel like however you eat or were raised when you were younger with food is kind of, and I have a chapter on this, is kind of how you are later in life with food. So Mm -hmm. I was on a farm with all these natural foods and we milked Mm -hmm. cows and went and did the egg thing, you know, with the chickens and all of that. Yep. But we didn't have a lot of sweet stuff. However, when we moved to, and that was in England, by the way, when we moved to Texas, I was exposed to all this Mexican food all of a sudden and all these like sweet things that we, we didn't have as much of before. I can't buy. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my God, I'm going somewhere with this. So um, literally I would take all my pocket money and I would go to the store and buy a bunch of M&Ms and like all kinds of sweet stuff, like a whole bag and stuff it under my bed and binge eat that mess. And my mom mm. never... Never knew. And I took that into adulthood. And because I've just, you know, the sugar craving for me. Now they say sugar cravings aren't real, but for me, I start shaking on just want more of it, more of it. But that's just how it affects me. I, I would binge eat like the bet with the best of them. And, you know, I've had to t- train myself not to do that. And um, a part of it, like we said before, was under eating too, as an adult, because it doesn't end well as you get into your teens and now you're getting fluffy and you get made fun of. Nowadays, that doesn't happen as so much as our day that happened, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, you're from originally from England. I, for, yes. I always forget this, you right? Know, you and wouldn't I think, tell. I know. And I've heard you talk in your English accent before and then not in a long time. I think it was in the, our private group that we're in. Yeah. So tell us, when did you move to the States? So it was 1980. I was born in England, raised there till I was eight and had a full on okay. English accent when we came over. Um, my mom got a job opportunity in South Texas at Texas A&I, now Texas A&M University in Kingsville uh-huh. to run the equine science program. So it's probably TMI. But anyway, um, my first day of school, I was talking like this, you know, hello, how are you? Lovely to meet you. You know, and all the kids were like, oh, my God, we can't understand you. You just want to talk <laughs> like that. Don't talk at all. Literally, that's what I was dealing oh, wow. with. So. Yep. Month later, I was talking like this, trying to fit in. <laughs> wow. You said something there going going back to about the cardio aspect too. how you were just kind of doing all kinds of hit and, and cardio and you had that skinny fat. 
um, that look. And I think that's a very common misconception that, you know, people have when they start to looking to get healthier, to lose fat is that you just start doing cardio and the fat's going to melt off and, and sure you'll lose weight and, and things like that. But if you're not filling in your frame with that muscle, cause really the figure they want figure everybody wants, they're not getting that by doing cardio, right? That's you're not right. building the booty by doing nothing but cardio and on un, an under eating too, even more importantly there. Can you talk on that a little bit? Absolutely. So uh, in my opinion, if you're eating too low and most women are, most women are not eating enough and they're not getting enough protein. You know, you start doing too much cardio compounded with a low calorie diet, you're going to run the muscle right off of you. It's kind of like when you see a marathon runner and I'm not hating on marathon runners. If that's the look you want to go for, go for it. Right. Um, but they're long lean and stringy. So when you overwork the muscle, it's kind of like describing overtraining too. When you overwork the muscle, it gets smaller and uh, stringy versus more shape to your body. Um, so yeah, be careful if you're doing too much cardio and plus our body adapts to what we're doing. I'll know that. Um, if you go too low on calories, you're going to have to go lower and lower and lower to see results. Who wants to right. do that? Mm-hmm. And as our dietitian friends talk about all the time, your body needs 1300 calories just to survive, just to run all the organs. So you can imagine if you go lower than that. And then, um, you know, getting strength training does fill out your frame. It helps keep muscle on you because we lose 8% of our muscle every decade over the age of 40 until we get to 70 and that's 15%. So those of you out there that have seen the older generation walking around very hunched over, it's because they've lost so much muscle. Naturally, it happens naturally. However, we can we can't stop it. Lift weights, get enough protein and hormone balance. Make sure your testosterone is not at zero <laughs> because, you know, I'm a huge proponent of HRT. I don't hide it. People ask me all the time, you know, what are you, what are you doing? And I was, I'm on HRT. So I'm taking estrogen, progesterone. My thyroid is a donkey on the edge. So I take that medication as well. Um, a small amount of testosterone. So those are what, you know, all the hormone replacement that we, as we get older, nobody's immune to it. So you need to make sure you're doing HRT. It helps so, so much. I cannot begin to stress enough. Yeah. And are those ingestibles or topical cream? Oh, that's a great question. So the thyroid is going to be a pill yep. and the estrogen is going to be either a cream or a pill. I'm on a pill right now because the cream just didn't work for me. The testosterone is a small shot. That's my choice. Now they do have like pellet options, which I can't stand. I don't like the pellets because you can't control them. Mm -hmm. um, so literally when you get a pellet inserted, it's going to release as it, as it releases. Well, what if you get too much of something, right? What are you going to have it taken out? Right. So my experience with it, I did it once, once, never do it again. Uh -huh. um, my testosterone got a little too high and I started having some side effects I didn't want. Um, so I would, I, now I know exactly where my dose is to where you don't get any side effects. You, it just replaces what you have naturally mm -hmm. so that you don't end up not, not being able to build muscle. So you can actually um, have a libido back. That's important. My husband appreciates that. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, energy level, all of that good stuff. I've always had good energy, but back when I was fluffy, my energy was crap. I mean, it was just gone. It left town two exits ago. And I just didn't really understand why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's tough when you have your, your hormones and your testosterone's low and everything, and you don't know why, like, was it? And so when you were started going to, to a doctor to figure out what the hell was going on with your body, how hard was it to find somebody to, that would listen to you and to give you the, the, the appropriate labs? Because like you said, if you're just going to your general pr uh, practitioner or something, you, you may not get that care and attention that you need. So you do need to be like Beth said, you need to be able to advocate for yourself. 
Absolutely. This is a wonderful question because I get this a lot. And this happens to me and a lot of my clients. They'll go into their GP or OBGYN that you, they don't specialize in hormones. So literally they're going to be like, oh, honey, we don't do that here. Or if they mm. do run the test, they're going to tell you, oh, you're within normal range. Well, that normal range is way huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll tell your listeners, if you are having symptoms, hair loss, belly fat, you can't lose weight, you can't sleep, uh, you're waking up at 3 a.m. in a puddle of sweat, night sweats, you're getting um, hot flashes, low energy, low libido, all of those things, make sure you get your hormones checked. And then you want to go to a wellness or HRT doctor. Like I said, I've got great ones all over the place. If they want to reach out to me on my social media, um, I'm happy to help anybody because um, I know what that's like. Um, my doctor literally said, oh, honey, you're just in your 40s now. It's part of getting older. You're just going to get a little bit more tummy than you want. And I just was, I wanted to flip them off. I really did. I was like, dude, I'm done. I'm never coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's kind of like when you have a knee problem, you need an ortho for that, right? So mm-hmm. similar, you need a wellness or HRT for your hormones. Yep. Totally. When did you get into bodybuilding? When did you do your first bodybuilding show? Oh, yeah. So I was 42. Um, I was I trained horses for years. I did that mm-hmm. and I had to stop because I had a hernia and a disc on my neck. And um, my, tr- my not my trainer, but my PT that was tr- helping me with my neck gave me all these exercises, which, you know, was part of when all that happened with my mom too. So we were already in the gym for that too. But it, when I saw that girl across the gym, she, you know, hooked me up with some good coaches. So luckily I had a decent coach when I first started, but I really competed too soon. I really didn't have enough muscle on me. You've really got to give yourself six to eight to a year uh, to really build muscle to compete. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was 42. I started bodybuilding when I was uh, 42, but it was like in the summer. And then by the fall, I was on stage and I shouldn't have done it. I look look back now and I'm just like, oh my God, I had no muscle at all. (laughs) You were still under eating at that point, right? I really was, you know, even though he directed me and I dropped the weight quickly because with, with the program, when you, when you follow it hundred percent and you have somebody helping you and keeping you accountable as y'all do the online coaching. And that's what I do too. It really does help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm know you know where you're at and try learn how to track foods which is huge huge tracking because you don't realize how much you're putting in your mouth until you write it down <laughs> right, right true the awareness piece yeah yeah and on that note too you didn't have the body that you were wanting because you were you were under eating so you started pretty much with you know not the muscle tone that you should have the muscle definition that you should have that you needed in order to be a, a competitive bodybuilder anyway so you never took the time to do an appropriate build phase right if you if you're starting with nothing, you're gonna if, if you cut down, if you try to lose weight and lose fat, you're gonna cut down to even less than nothing, right? Like you're you don't have a strong base to build off of. Exactly right. So it took me a while to kind of figure that mess out. And I did all the wrong things. I overtrained. You know, I tell women, please don't train any more than four to five times per week. You don't need it, especially when you're older. Give your body parts a rest. You know, it took me forever to figure out I can't do my glutes three times a week. They will not grow, they will shrink. You're going to end up overtraining them, especially if you're over 40. Now, some people can get away with it more than others. It does depend. There's that genetic factor there. But for me, I come from a long line of flat asses and smart asses. And believe me when I tell you, that <laughs> thing did not want to grow. <laughs> so it's taken me a while to get that mess to grow. But yeah, so I made all the mistakes you shouldn't make. So it took me a while. I got my pro card from the time I started at 42. I got it at 45. And that was just one of those things where I happened to get, get my pro card. And I was in tears for about three days and something happened that I felt like shouldn't have happened, you know? And uh, yeah, it was exciting for me for sure. That is exciting. So what does it take? So I'm curious about the training for bodybuilding, right? So what does that look like when you're thinking about going into a show? 
from the time that you go to the show? Like, do you have a specific time where you build, right? And then then you go into a cut? Like, what is that? What is the training and all that look like? Honestly, the training doesn't change that much. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing that we really do is um, we cut out all the cheats immediately. No alcohol at all okay. because it stops your protein. Well, it doesn't stop, but it slows the protein. Muscle synthesis. protein synthesis is, right. yeah. Yeah, huge. It knocks it down quite a bit. And then, of course, you can't lose fat very easily either when you're drinking. So that's one thing that stops. So you take out all the cheats and you know, depending on how long your prep is, this last prep that I did at 50, I was in full-blown menopause and I had no idea what to expect. I'm like, oh, my body's just going to be a pain. I can feel that coming, right? So it took me a while. It took me, I started my prep in March and I got on stage in July, end of July. So it took me that long, but we went slow and steady and I lost um, a half a pound a week for a while. And then at the end, I lost a little bit of muscle too, because it's hard to maintain all your muscle mm-hmm. when, or, you know, because when you get that close to stage and you're that tight. Yeah. Yeah takes it starts to take your muscle your body's like you don't need your muscle you don't need your hair either you know mm-hmm. so that's why i tell women don't go for this goal here where you're just absolutely thank shredded. you yeah. right don't do it i'm gonna if i can't emphasize this enough yeah. this is not a goal okay the cover of my book is more realistic you know mm-hmm. the shape versus this where you're absolutely shredded on stage we do not stay there long because yes it is not healthy to stay this shredded for a long period of time your body needs more calories to survive and not only that your hair will start falling out because it's the last thing to get nutrients so you want to make sure that you are not going too long calories so long story short i got i did two shows got top five on one top six on the other and i was happy you know i was happy because i hadn't shown in two and a half three years i don't know if i'm going to compete again anytime soon um, it was hard on my body. It's taking me six months to reverse diet out of it wow. um, to where I wasn't gaining us. And we talked about that a lot too, right? You know, not making sure that, you know, when you come out of your diet, you don't eat too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that question a lot too. Claire, what do I do? I'm here at my goal weight and now I don't want to gain it all back. So it's not the losing weight is hard. It's the maintaining um, it that is. can be hard. Mm-hmm. And learning how to reverse diet. So my advice to people, I have a whole chapter on this too in my book, would be add small amount of calories each week, depending on, you know, just keep an eye on your stats. Uh, use a body scan, use your, your scale, though that's not always accurate. Measurements, go by how your clothes fit. Your clothes will never lie to you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you, Claire, for identifying that the yeah. way you look when you're stage lean and stage ready, that's not the ideal that people should be striving for. And that's not like the poster child of being healthy. And not to say that you're unhealthy, but um, you know, you can't walk around like that year round. It's incredibly hard to get that lean. And then the effect, the, the impact that it has on your body, like with your hormones, like you mm-hmm. said, hair loss, um, I'm sure sex drive and things like that were very low because you, you, you're just so depleted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It, dep- it depletes you of everything. I mean, as women, we need some body fat on us. Um, don't expect to have abs year round. Um, some people have genetically, you know, better abs than others. Like me, I don't, I've got like a four pack, not a six or eight pack. It's because I'm short in the waist. Like I got long legs and long arms, but I need to have a conversation with whoever made this body. <laughs> I need two more vertebrae. I need just a new two. one. I know what happened here. But, you know, that's just genetics, right? So when mm-hmm. I get super lean, I do have apps, but, I, you know, I don't have them all the time. I mean, you can say a little, but, you mm-hmm. know, it's just not healthy to, to maintain that. So, yes, ladies, please don't go for those bodybuilder shredded on stage mm-hmm. look. The process that we have to go to to get there is rough and you need supervision by a yeah. very well-trained coach. I don't even do it. I don't do contest prep. I only do lifestyle because it's just too much for me. And okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to take responsibility for all of that. So um, my coach is amazing. Um, she was great. But uh, but yeah, I don't recommend being this. It's just not it's just not healthy. Or it's just like, be sustainable. 
You just can't. Yeah. Um, my question to you is, what is it like coming out of a show? Do you have, you know, some body dysmorphia when, you know, when you actually start to gain weight, going from that very, very extremely lean being shredded and then coming back to normalcy? Um, does that kind of fuck with your head a little bit? I can. Yeah, this is a great yeah. question. My first year of competing, my coach didn't tell me, you know, when you go and you have a bunch of cheat meals, you're going to be bloated. I mm -hmm. mean, I was like out here with abs. I look pregnant with abs. It was really weird. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. And I gained 10 pounds in two days and mm -hmm. it was all mostly water. I mean, I lost it after I got back on plan or whatever, but nobody warned me of that. So you've got to be really careful. And yeah, when you start to see all your abs disappeared and some of your definition and you've had all these veins and they start going away, you're like, you know, it's, it's, it gets in your head a little bit, but you know, you just need to realize you can't stay there. Now it doesn't bother me at all. This last prep, I was real careful coming out of this because again, the menopause factor, we took my calories up slowly to make sure that um, I wasn't storing too much fat or whatever. And obviously I'm probably, I don't know, 12 pounds above stage right now. And, and it's not even about the weight. It's I'm already putting muscle back on, you know, it's, it's, it's about, you know, staying healthy and, you know, getting more muscle than you had the last time and whatever else, but it can get in your head. The body dysmorphia can be a real thing. I just know that as I get older, I know what I'm in for. I want to keep as much muscle as me on me as possible. My husband's same thing. He's 69. He's going to be 70 this year, y'all. And he can, he's here home, by the way, if you guys want to talk, chat with him, he's, he's amazing. He, we started this together. We talk about that in the book too, but he's incredible. He really is. Uh, motivates me all the time. So yeah, the dysmorphia thing can be a real biatch. <laughs> yeah. The fact that uh, you you have Randy and Randy has you, the fact that you guys do this together, that's so powerful. You you are each other's support system at that point. Are there days when you're just not feeling it? Like, no, I don't want to do this. Or are you just like, since this is your profession, right? You're an IFBB pro. Is, is it just kind of like, I'm going to do this at all costs? Or do you still have those days where you're like, I don't want to do this. I'm not motivated. I'm not, I don't want to go to the gym. And then Randy's there like, no, we're fucking moving our ass. Or you do that for him too. Maybe more when we first started, but honestly, we are cut of the same cloth in the sense that when I grab onto something and I want it, I don't let go. Got it. And it's motivating to me. And people ask me about how do you stay motivated? I want my freaking clothes to fit. There is no bigger beating than getting on the damn bed and trying to zip up your favorite pair of pants. So I want to I have goals. I want to grow my glutes a little bit more, you know, so I don't. I really now, and this is going to sound crazy, but I really don't have those days where I, I don't want to go. Like right now we are iced in. It is iced outside. It's been that way for two days. Thank God I have a little gym here, but I am wanting to go to the gym. I'm like willing to whisk, risk it on this ice to go to the gym, but they're closed. So I can't. Yeah. Texas doesn't handle ice too well. <laughs> right. But no, Texas. No, it doesn't end well for sure. Even though we have four wheel drive, I just will probably end up in a ditch. So it's best not to. Um, yeah. And that's okay. You know, taking a couple of days off, your body will thank you for it. Um, you may need the rest. But remember, this is a good saying, by the way, your muscles are, are torn up in the gym, fed in the kitchen and built in bed. So the more you rest, the more they will grow. That's yes. good thing. You get stronger on your rest days. I can't, we can't say that enough because mm -hmm. people are like, shouldn't is five, six days a week. Should I be working out? Like I took a rest day today. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, it's fucking okay. Please like take, take right. more rest days. Honestly, most, you know, of course, then there's the opposite end where people are just aren't working out enough, but it's, it's a balancing act for sure. But we don't need to kill ourselves in the gym. No, especially not at, you know, our age, path, right? It like, just doesn't end well. No. <laughs> I, I do better when I don't kill myself in the gym for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, my legs are brutal, not going to lie, but I don't train my leg. People are surprised when I tell them I don't train my legs, but once every six days, otherwise they won't grow. They'll look like twigs. Well, you know what, you know what works for your body. 
Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's different. You know, some people can get away with the glutes thing three times a week. Maybe you can split up the upper glute workout from the lower glute workout, but you just have to listen to your body. I've got that in the book too, along with all the exercises that you can do. But yeah, just, you know, the resting is crucial. And I didn't realize how much when I first started. Um, One of my coaches finally, a couple of years ago, about four years ago, said to me, when do your muscles grow? And I'm like, when we're asleep, because when we rest. So that got through to my thick skull when he said that. Mm -hmm. Do you cover the importance of sleep, not just from a recovery standpoint, but just for overall wellness um, as well in your book? Yes. I think I did mention that. I hope I did. Um, It's you want to get seven to eight hours if you can. Some people only get six and can run on that. and It's fine. But you know, your body needs the reboot. You know, it's like plugging your, your finger into the wall and rebooting everything, charging your phone, right? You got to recharge your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love important and enough water too. Yeah, totally. So, what made you decide to write the book now? You know, was it just you wanting to reach more people and share your kind of story and and help hoping that people can relate to that? Because I love the message you give. Like, you can do this at any age. You know, yeah, that, that's powerful. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. Um, I had a lot of friends and followers tell me you need to write a book because literally. I mean, think about it. We've all done it, right? Where you're going, oh shit, I need to find that video where it answers this question that I have. For example, what if you're in a <laughs> plateau? I've done a video on that. Where do you find it? Oh my God. Now you're going back through all your screenshots. You guys have probably seen videos where I have screenshots at the end trying to help people. And what if you can't find it or you deleted it or it's gone, right? Well, now it's all in the book, all of it, all of my videos. And then some are in the book, full on transparency, you know, for men, women of all ages, full workouts in there. So it's also got, you know, your macros, a chapter on your macros, a chapter on your calories, because that's confusing for a lot of people trying to figure out when they can't afford a trainer or they can't afford somebody to help them, you know, where your macros and calories need to be for your body. And, you know, people get frustrated when I don't tell them. And I'm like, look, I can't tell you your macros because honestly, it's di- it's different for everybody. Sally, who's five foot nine, who yeah. has an active job and she lifts weights versus Susie, who's five foot two. She doesn't lift weights and sits all day, though their macros are going to look very, very different. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, people need to know that and how to figure out where theirs need to be. Yeah, yeah, it's individualized. And we just want Absolutely. this black and white, straightforward, like, just tell me what I need to do. No, it's, it, I, I could tell you what to do, but that's not necessarily going to be true because there's the individual component to it, their likes, their preferences, dislikes, their own history, um, and things like that. It's all, it, it all matters. Yeah. And then when people were asking me what my macros, I'm like, my macros might make you fluffy. I don't know. <laughs> right. you know or it may not be enough for you. Everybody's mm-hmm. just so different. That's the thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, the protein is an easy one because it's one gram of protein per pound of body weight or goal weight, in my opinion. Yeah. I always tell people, look, if you're over 200 pounds uh, and, you know, I say this lovingly, go for your goal weight and grams of protein because um, you don't want to overdo it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been there, done that too. But uh, but yeah, it's um, it's individualized for every person and calories too. This whole 1200 calorie a day thing. No, you're right. Glute eats more than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You need to eat people need to eat. So many women are under eating. I get so many clients that are never eaten this much food. I'm like, look at what you're eating, log it all. And now look at all your nutrients. Look at all, you know, the total calories. It's all natural foods. Mostly, you know, I I have like a food sheet option. When I do my online coaching, I give them a whole list of what to pick from. So they're not stuck with one thing or another. 
But um, a lot of them come back and say, oh my God, my energy is good. I feel good. I'm like, yeah, because your body is running on clean fuel. Think of your body as a Ferrari. Are you going to put bad gas into a Ferrari? No, it's going to run like crap. It's going to run like recycled weasel shit. No, you need to make sure you're keeping your body clean energy so that it runs well, that high octane fuel. And sometimes when I put it that way, they, they understand. Yeah, totally. So um, obviously, we, we we all encourage calorie tracking, food logging to some extent to help raise mm-hmm. awareness. Yeah. From your perspective, uh, maybe this is mistakes you've made when you first started, but what are some of the most common mistakes you see with, with food logging and, and calorie tracking, macro tracking? That they're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, let's, so yes, definitely start, start measuring those BLTs and everything, right? The, the bite slicks and tastes and yeah, even your vitamins, um, like, for example, CLA, GLAs, for example, right? Enter those. You know, they've got a little fat in them just so that you can keep track. I mean, not that fats are bad. I'm not saying that. Yeah, so you just need to make sure you're logging everything because you'd be amazed. The licks, the bites, the, you know, all of that adds up at the end of the day. It's cumulative, huh? So you want to make sure, ladies, whoever's listening to this, please log your foods. It really will help you. I like my fitness pal. No, they don't sponsor me. I freaking wish. But I don't know these people, but that's what I use. And I still, to this day, log off all my food. And the reason for that is because at the end of the day, I need to know how much protein I've had, how much carbs, how much fats, where I'm at, because, you know, if I need a little more, I need to add a little bit more because I don't always eat the exact same thing every Mm -hmm. day, but close. I honestly like to track my food. I I don't know. I just, I like it. I like to know how like my protein and my fiber, sometimes at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not eating enough. I have like 10 grams of fiber. Um, So for me, it really helps with my awareness in certain food groups. Oh yeah. 25 grams of fiber a day we need. And ladies, you're over 25 grams of sugar. Try not to go over that. Are you talking about added sugar or naturally occurring yeah. sugar or okay. Added yeah. sugar. Gotcha. Added sugar. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Try not to, like I said, it goes back down to the digestion thing as we get older, the processing of foods. Um, and Oh, that's another thing I want to touch on. We bloat easily as we get older. Beth, have you dealt with that yet? Not really yet. Not, not too really much. Yet. Lucky mm-hmm. duck. So this started happening to me about three years ago. All of a sudden I was itching, bloating. Um, Now I know it can be caused from under eating, but in my case, I just developed some sort of food allergies. So that can happen. Um, Mm -hmm. I can eat them now. I just had to pull them out for a period of time. But um, so make sure you get your food intolerances and food allergies test done. It is a real thing. Man, the itching was crazy. My scalp would just itch like crazy. Like I had fleas. Like really, come on. Also digestive enzymes help a lot. Uh, Super enzymes are the ones that I take. There's a product devotion makes called Tranquility that's amazing for gut health. Um, If your gut isn't healthy, your cortisol is going to rise and it's going to make it harder for you to lose weight. Make sure you're getting enough sleep and gut health. Those two things, um, your stress. So cortisol, cortisol is your stress hormone. So make sure that you're taking care of your gut. Digestive of enzymes, also taking a good probiotic um, helps as well. Now, what I was going to say is with fat, so our macronutrients, fat has an important role in our body. And I know there was this movement, you know, back in the 90s going low fat and things like that. What can you say to kind of the role that dietary fat has on our body? Because that impacts our, our hormones and things like that, right? Absolutely. It sure does. Now, it depends on the person. Some people can digest fats better than others. I personally, I don't add a ton of extra fats to my food because I eat a lot of bison, chicken. I get a lot of my fats from my meats already. Okay. I love bison. Yeah. Oh, bison bison's is awesome. Amazing. My gosh. Super rich in iron. Right. And yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Spicy iron is beef and way less fat. And I can eat it more often. It's my favorite red meat. Bison burgers are my favorite. Um, so I'm getting, you know, accumulative because again, everything is cumulative and you're when you're cracking your foods. So um, 
you know, my fats come a lot from that. I, I may add some, I can't do very many nuts because I'm allergic to about half of them, but I, I know handful of almonds or, you know, a little bit of avocado, just don't go crazy with it. You know, um, some of the fats are very high in calories and very high right. in fat. Um, what I definitely do not do is add olive oils and things like that to my food because a lot of people don't measure that stuff. And then by before you know it, you're splashing all this olive oil on there. Well, now you're up 400 calories and 45 grams of fat before you know it, if you don't measure. So if you use olive oil or good for you, yes, just measure it. Um, I tend to stick with very little spray oil, just, you know, and I don't use it very often, to be honest. The spray oil. Yeah, the spray oil and uh, olive oils and those oils and butters and things like that we cook with. That's where a lot of those sneaky calories come in, yeah. especially if we're not tracking. It's like, oh, I just used a splash of olive oil. Really, they they put three shots of olive oil like they were <laughs> a 20 year old at a college uh -huh. bar again. You know, that crap, right? <laughs> it's yeah. funny when I have clients or, you know, followers ask me, should I count my the oil that I use? It's like, uh, Absolutely. I mean, the anything, most calorically dense <laughs> macronutrient yeah. we have. Absolutely. Right. Oh my God. That's nine calories per, per gram, right? Whereas with mm -hmm. protein, it's four and carbohydrates, it's four. I know. There's this thing going around TikTok right now where they're saying protein makes you fat. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. You didn't just oh say God. that. No, it does not. I'm so thankful I'm not spending much time on TikTok because that one right there would piss me right off. We're getting fat because of protein. So what the fuck can we eat then? If carbs make us fat, the fat's making us fat. Now protein's making us fat. Can we drink water? Well, water's too big for us now, apparently. So that's oh, unhealthy. Yeah. It's it's all stupid. It really is. Yeah, back to what you said about the fats. One tablespoon of olive oil is about 14 grams of fat and about 100 calories, just so you mm -hmm. ladies know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, protein is fine. You just make sure you're choosing the right leanest ones. Um, white turkey, chicken. I've got a full list. I can send any of your... Um, your followers actually it's your list um beth oh yeah <laughs> yeah i love that list um, i kept on to it and i give you credit every time i post it but yeah it's a good list of full proteins um mm -hmm. the only one i can't do well with is dairy i find that dairy nowadays is very processed so when i try to eat it literally i kid you not i get a hot flash within five minutes of ingesting it um so that yeah honestly I, wait, are you getting hot flashes yet uh not no, 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 not right now. I, I, you know what, because I'm on uh, HRT and anxiety medication that actually helps with the hot flashes. So I don't, but I did for a little bit. And let me tell you, not fucking fun. So I nixed that in the bud right away. I'm like, this can't yeah. be happening. I'm not gonna be able to fucking live. Yeah. <laughs> it's annoying. Yeah. I'm on all that stuff. too. It's and like a massive anxiety attack. Like seriously, it feels like your head is going to fucking explode from the heat. And you, I feel like uh, I'm going to fucking pass out. So I'm like, this is... Sounds fucking awful. No, it is, Matt. It is. It's, it's horrifying. It you is. And what it is, is your estrogen and progesterone fighting with each other. They're trying, your progesterone balances out your estrogen. And when you start getting hot flashes, it's because they're doing this. They're going left, right, left, right. Um, and your levels are <laughs> unstable. That's what causes the, the hot flashes. But And I don't generally get them if I keep my food real, you know, really mm. clean. Mm -hmm. But if I, if I, even through my HRT girl, when I do dairy, like a uh, Greek yogurt, even 0% fat, I mean, for the love of God, I mean, just all of a sudden, and it takes about 15 minutes for those to go away. Um, but they do go away. It's just, that tells me, my body is telling me this is not good right. <laughs> for my body. Your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not right. saying people, tell people not to eat it. I'm just saying, be 
fair, you know, what it does to your body, because I never would have thought of anything like that. Um, but yeah, the second I eat anything off plan, I get hot flashes. It's really weird. Yeah, <laughs> definitely like a dairy sensitivity that's been yeah. becoming more prevalent in our society. Is that something you were always sensitive to? Or is that one of those um, food allergies that you developed later in life? No, definitely. A lot of us get lactose intolerant as we get older. Um, I used to be able to eat any kind of protein powder. Now there's only one I can handle. It's called Devotion. I talk about it a lot because it's got digestive enzymes in it and the quality of it is really good. My friend Dana started that that protein powder years and years ago, and I've been using it way before I got it on TikTok. It's one of the best. If you guys haven't tried it, I seriously recommend it. It is amazing stuff. I make pudding with it and dips with it and cook with it and make creamer with it. It's amazing. Anyway, so that's the only one that I can handle and it won't give me a hot flash. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I've heard that during perimenopause and menopause, you can come up with these, you know, allergies out of nowhere. I know for yeah. me, I've had um, allergies for a couple of years. Like I'll go through weeks where I'm stuffed up all the time. That's definitely something new, but I, I need to look into, but uh, yeah, annoying. Yeah, it is annoying. It's it's one of those things that just hits you out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was watching David Sinclair. Do you guys know who he is? The Harvard researcher who does anti-aging um, stuff. Um, it, oh man, some of the stuff he'll tell you to take, he's amazing. He's finding out, he's literally found out how to reverse our age, literally. Um, he's done it on mice, he's cured blindness. He's amazing. If y'all have a, don't know who Sinclair, David Sinclair is, look him up on YouTube, amazing. David Sinclair, I'm gonna have to write that down. Yeah, seriously, go watch his videos. You'll learn a ton. Um, he'll tell you to take resveratrol, which is a good one. Um, no, don't get it from red wine. Get it from a pill. <laughs> um, and also, for real. And then also NMN. It's a tongue twister. NMN. So those two supplements I've been taking for a while now. And I swear it's helping me because it helps regenerate your cells. It's pretty amazing stuff. It's been so cool to have you. Aw. <laughs> yeah, on that note, Claire, um, let everybody listening let them know how the hell they can find you, where they can find mm-hmm. you and give it another plug for your book here at the end and how they can find that. You bet. Um, so social media, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube. Now Instagram and TikTok are Claire Morrow, C-L-A-R-E for the love of God. Don't spell my name with an I. You'll never find me. My mom had to be difficult. C-L-A-R-E <laughs> Morrow, M-O-R-R-O-W underscore I-F-B-B pro. So that's TikTok and Instagram. And then on YouTube, it's Claire Morrow, I-F-B-B pro, just no underscore. Facebook, it's Claire Morrow, IFBB Pro and Fitness Coach or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. And then the book is easy to find. It's on Amazon or if you go to my LinkedIn bio on my on my TikTok or on my on my Instagram, it's all there. Or if you just go straight to um, Amazon, search Fluffy to Fit Book and it'll come up. And the cover is red and white. It's got a picture of me before and after and mm-hmm. uh, my Fluffy to Fit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> And it's under 30 bucks. So it's 300, 297 pages. And I've pretty much listed what's all what's already in there. So hopefully, hopefully you'll pick it up. If you if if you do pick it up, let me know. Take a picture with it, tag me, and I'll repost it as well. Totally. Um, that's that's been fun to do. I've been every time I see a review, you guys, I kid you not, I start crying every time I see a review because it just it just melts my heart. It took so long to put it together. And I knew I knew it would be helpful for people. And it's just been incredible watching it grow. Just yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm proud of you for putting the book out. Yeah. That's no small feat. I know, I know I haven't even one day, perhaps I'll do that. So, but I know it's a lot of friggin' work, right? It is. And it's a great book for people to have in their arsenal for, for resources, right? Cause we can never have enough resources and support. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're older. Um, I've had a couple of coaches just say they made their clients buy it because it's like, they're, they, one of them said it was the fitness Bible. I'm like, Oh, 
I'm going to cry like a little girl. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. If you guys ever come to Texas, please let me know. Oh, for sure. I'm sure he will. At some point. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm in Dallas. So I've been, I used to go to Dallas all the time for, for my old job. So Dallas is a cool town, cool city. I love it here. We rarely travel anymore, but that's what it is. <laughs> Someday we will. Yeah. Um, I know as you guys are, I'm happy to help anybody who's willing to listen, listen to me yammer on. But yeah, I know. And, and you guys do really well because you're a lot more candid. Like I tend to be sometimes a little more scripted. I'm trying to get out of that mold of, you know, just being a little bit more myself, which is hard to do sometimes, you know? Finding your own voice and and mm -hmm. just, you know, being the person that you want to be. And yeah, I get it. I get it. Amazing. Well, Claire, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, Claire. I'm grateful to y'all. And it was lovely to see you. Thank you for having me. If y'all need anything, let me know. And let me know if you want to do a collab. Okay. Right. Sounds Absolutely. good. Have a great Thanks, rest of your day, Claire. You too. Bye guys. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode. So why not share it with a friend who needs to hear it? Send us a DM on Instagram or email us at cutthecrappod at gmail.com and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash cutthecrappodcast. As always, we appreciate you and thanks for being here.